0: Welcome to the Mad Men Happy Hour, the officially unofficial podcast for Mad Men on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are live. We are bald casting from the bald flat. I don't even know what yeah, we would call this.
1: The bald flat. I like the it. The
0: bald. It's almost a cave. I'm like halfway underground. You are. Yeah. Uh, the bald flat. All right. It, it feels very European in here. <laughs> I've got some Ikea furniture. We're touching penises. <laughs> That's, yeah. Chicago style. <laughs> Uh, That's I, European. As you can probably tell, I am deathly ill. Uh, my voice is not what it used to be, and hopefully what it once, well, <laughs> what it will be soon enough. Uh, so, I'm going to try to struggle through this. Forgive me if it sounds like trash. What do yeah, you think I of this episode, Aaron? Eh,
1: I loved it. Uh, I, oh, man. I need to watch it more because I didn't get to watch as much as usual because I had some bullshit going on with my cable.
0: Oh, I watched it so many times.
1: Uh, Shut up. I did. I get it. More times than any other episode probably. I get it. I got uh, Cincinnati Bell's fiber optic television service. (laughs) And apparently one of the features of their high-def feeds is they freeze every 30 seconds and you have to reset your cable. Box.
0: yeah they want to make sure you get a good still shot
1: yeah so that wasn't working for me so much but hopefully i'll have it mm. fixed by next week um i just for the limited times i saw it i want to put this up with uh i believe it's called the come in and sit down the uh what happens it's where uh sterling coo fled the coop oh yeah they left the they brits holding with. the bag yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my probably all-time favorite Mad Men episode, and this is right there, up there. Right there, up there. Right there, <laughs> right there you up yours.
0: Ya. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, fantastic episode. What what number do you put on it?
1: Uh, well, if it's one of my favorites, I gotta give it a 10, right? A solid 10. Solid 10. Damn. Uh,
0: I really, really like this episode. I'm not gonna give it a 10, because there were some parts, especially the parts with Marie, um, they kind of fell flat a little bit
1: oh i like like all the marie
0: the dinner scene parts with the ladies like everything that happened before the ladies left i was kind of like blah on uh once don and herb got a chance to really discuss business then it was on and it was awesome but there there were a few scenes in there mostly the stuff with marie that i didn't really care for it's not that it was bad it just didn't hook me like the rest of the episode did uh so i'm giving it a nine uh, it's another outstanding. Oh, episode that's outrageous! For Mad Men. You dick, <laughs> right? Garbage, garbage. Only a nine. Non-
1: ridiculous. Jesus.
0: <laughs> so that's what I give it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's it's fantastic, um, even as far as Mad Men episodes go.
1: I gotta say, I I don't know what's gonna top these Sunday nights because Game of Thrones is batting it out of the park, and then yeah. Mad Men comes and raises the bar even higher. I'm I hear these- the
0: Americans was awesome this
1: week it's been awesome i'm still pretty far behind but it's uh, another high quality show i'm just saying that eh, sundays are gonna suck pretty hard until breaking bad comes back on
0: oh yeah definitely And
1: then man mad men plus game of thrones is better than a single episode of breaking bad on most nights
0: yeah it's hard to beat i enjoy having two things to watch during the week, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know that while I'm watching Mad Men, there is another awesome show being queued up. Yeah, yeah. So, pretty sweet. Actually, it comes out an hour before, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. Well, I, I mean, I don't have HBO, so. I've got them both, so it's like it's very exciting. I wish that I could flip the order. Why is that? Because I feel like Mad Men is like a main course in Game of Thrones is the dessert. Okay. You know, it's like I have to think a lot harder when I'm watching Mad Men than I do Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's not a knock on it, it's just... So
0: you have to have a much better memory for Game of Thrones
1: though. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) being able to remember names of people and places. (laughs) Uh, if you listen to my podcast, you'd know that that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You have a very successful Game of Thrones podcast and not be able to pronounce or recall (laughs) any character at, at, at will. All right, cool.
0: Um, well, there's some stuff in this episode to recall. Uh Oh, um, especially the stuff with Pete's father-in-law who we haven't seen in quite a while. Mm hmm. Uh, but let's get right into the recap. We start off with Bert, Joan, and Pete going over the records with uh, a banker. I guess uh, the financial records for SCDP in order to try to take SCDP public. And the banker says that they can get nine dollars per share, and Bert says, "No, no, no, we want twelve. Mm. Nine is not good enough. We want a full quarter
1: more." Yeah, and Joan lets her hair down, and suddenly the shares are up to fifteen bucks. <laughs> Yep, and suddenly
0: Pete's trying to get her drunk and bang her, it's,
1: ah, it's weird. Yeah, and she wasn't, like, totally just, I think the appropriate response to that is to knee him in the groin. (laughs) Well, that's the appropriate response with any conversation with him. She wasn't having it, sure, but, you know, she wasn't entirely, go fuck yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has done that to other people, for Sure, sure. Uh, she was a little nicer to Pete. I don't know why.
1: Uh, well, I don't know. If you're suddenly going to be a million dollars richer, uh that might <laughs> that yeah. That might be a little bit of social lubricant.
0: Certainly. Uh and she was already drunk at that point, so mm-hmm. uh what do, what, that's it.
1: What do you make about this? So twice Pete implies that Don doesn't care about money and he's fabulously wealthy. Yeah. Is that literally true? Is I think he it's like true. is he like Burt Cooper rich? Or even Roger Sterling rich?
0: Uh, I never got the impression that he was Roger Sterling rich.
1: And, um, and the reason he's rich is because he got paid when Sterling, who was bought, when they bought him out, right? That's I think that he, was part of his deal, yeah. But he wasn't rich before then.
0: I don't think so. He was well no. off, but... Yeah,
1: certainly. I mean, for first episode in the first season, when he gave his brother, uh, was it like five, five grand? I mean that was a significant. That was that was painful for him because he Mm -hmm. had the he couldn't let uh, Betsy buy air conditioning or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was also like ten years earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that money was worth a lot more.
1: (laughs) I just feel like if he got rich, it was when Sterling Koo got sold. Yeah, I think you're right, definitely. But still, he's not like mega rich.
0: No, no, I don't even consider Roger to be mega rich at this time. I mean, he's bought a lot of apartments for a lot of his floozies. Yes,
1: and he's divided his wealth twice already. Yeah, he
0: has. So maybe he was mega rich when he
1: started. You think Burt Cooper is mega rich? Yeah, I'm- yeah,
0: that guy roams around with no shoes. Yeah, he's he's mega rich.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a businessman who's got a picture of an octopus raping a Japanese woman on his walls. <laughs> that is fuck you money. <laughs> like, for sure. Oh, if I've ever seen it. Yeah, you bring clients in that room, oh, you're offended? Well, fuck you. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my office. Yep. We should all be uh, so lucky.
0: Man, imagine if Burt Cooper had been at that meeting with Jaguar. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it would have gone down totally different. He would have bust out an octopus. Oh. have been all over for Herb. Uh-oh. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, so we find out in that scene that it's also Mother's Day the next day. Hmm.
1: Uh, not super important, I don't think, in this episode. Well, we know, I mean, Peggy helpfully pins the date for us at the end of the episode. She does. But yeah. Mother's Day, you know, so it's if Mother's Day weekend. That's actually this coming weekend. So we've achieved almost synchronosity of the television show. Yeah. So just like 50 years later, <laughs> early early May. Where we're at. Yes. May
0: 17th, I think she says. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to the next scene where Roger is waking up in bed next to Daisy, who is his hookup at the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Shout out woman. my new
1: hometown, Cincinnati. Oh,
0: yeah. Forgot about that. Uh, he's kind of annoyed that he's not getting any sales leads from her. Yeah. He's pimping her out. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, and he's... I don't know. He makes some jokes about like other people getting all the leads and stuff. And,
1: mm. I don't know. Basically translated in bitch better have my money is what I, what I heard from all that. <laughs> nice. Uh, side note is AMC turning into the side boob capital of the world. Hell yeah. Lots some, of side boob. Some in this pretty show. strong
0: side boob from that. From not,
1: Daisy. not bad. Not bad.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, so we move on from that scene and go to Pete, who's also in bed. Uh, who strips down and
1: cuddles That's, up next to Trudy? Sounds like the uh, Cold War between the Peters uh, and trudies of the world is starting to thaw.
0: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, surprisingly, they're sleeping in the same bed. Last episode, they wouldn't even when there were atrocities being committed. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't even be seen in the same house together. Right. So, how? Wh- when was last episode? It was like mid-April, late April.
1: Early uh, May? Er, none, Has it been none, like a week? No. Oh, it's it was uh, it was early. I want to say it's April fourth.
0: Okay, I think you're right. So it's been like a month then.
1: Yeah, a little bit more.
0: Okay, that's a good timeline for him to uh, weasel his way back in, as I'm sure he did. He it was probably something underhanded. He probably like I don't know, tricked her into.
1: Well, she was kind of on the fence somehow. about bringing him back over during the MLK assassination so yeah but
0: once you're over that speed bump we, saying, we got you know, another
1: 30 days of him pimping it up <laughs> and weaseling his as you said weaseling his way back into her heart yeah definitely um she's taken so note of his efforts jim
0: yeah so they've maintained all the aspects of their relationship except for the, the bedroom only, activities the only
1: important one is pizza <laughs> Pete, yeah wow what uh, and a charmer.
0: Then, <laughs> and then she mentions uh what's her name I don't don't remember her name. She questioned him. She's like, Oh, uh, Pete's demon spawn? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he is like, Oh, don't give me that. Yeah. Um, so Trudy turns him down from his advances and he tells her that she's going to regret it because he has big things coming. Uh, I got to say, Trudy's houseware is way better than Betty's. Way better. Really?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Diaphanous little uh, number she was wearing, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's
0: no house coat, that's for sure. Pete's daughter's God. Tammy, by the way. Tammy, yes.
1: Um, so we go
0: over to the draper's house where Marie and Megan are uh hanging out with Don, and Dr. Rosen stops by and he needs some wrapping paper for, I guess, his son came into town and needs an emergency gift. Mm-hmm. And he meets Megan's mother and he does a little uh charming action on her. Mm-hmm. She seems to be charmed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tried to
1: regift gift Megan's flowers. I thought that was pretty hilarious. Did she? Yeah, she did. Oh. Uh, I mean, she's so. like, uh, you can have these flowers. I'm quite done with them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, were you shocked to find out that Megan's mom's a grandma? Didn't we hear? No. Didn't we find that out, too? I thought she said something about she didn't want to be home because she's depressed with all the grandma, grandma. Would that be Don's kids? No. Surely Don's kids wouldn't call her grandma. You're the one that saw this thing seven I don't know, man. times, man. <laughs> I missed that. I got I have I'm fighting with one arm podcast behind my back. <laughs> I'm thinking you're making Okay, something up. else I am sure of. We right. found out that she's not just French Canadian, she's actually French. So she's like a continental French? Uh no, hell no. You you have not seen this episode enough, my friend. I thought she said that she goes, "Are you French?" and she goes, "Yes, I am, but I'm I'm currently living in Montreal." Was she well, I think those the people just, who
0: live there are also French. They're French Canadian, right? French
1: Canadian, but they're not from France. She wouldn't claim that she was French if she was French Canadian? Ah.
0: Uh, That's how I read it. But I, you might be right.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's be like saying if if we had uh, like an African American said they were African. Aren't they? That's a French Canadian is a modifier of Canadian, not a modifier <laughs> of France. All right. Semantics. So it's like, so I, my question to you, though, was going to be yeah. is that just an affectation or do you oh. think that she's really. I could
0: see her just faking that, mm. acting French, but Megan would have called her out on that, right? I
1: don't know. I mean, she does seem very cultured, and I've heard that French people think of like Quebecis as pretty like Hicks. You know, their 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 French is kind of a, more of a rural dialect. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I speak I speak uh, Southern fried Midwestern, so yeah. I'm not I've got room to talk for anything or anyone really.
0: Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure our listeners will tell us how we fucked that up.
1: Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> fucking up, we've got the uh, oh, poop God. on the stairs. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, speaking of fucking up, Peggy might
1: have fucked up by moving to this place. <laughs> More different kinds of people, man. <laughs>
0: Definitely there are.
1: You need, you need, you know, for real cultural diversity, you got to have stair shitters. <laughs> you uh, got to have steel drum music played Yep. all throughout the day and night. Yep. And that's cultural diversity.
0: <laughs> for sure. Uh, so Peggy comes home to her new apartment with Abe uh it's a total shithole abe's trying to (laughs) fix it up he electrocutes himself they talk about the junkie who pooped on the floor when they're when they're talking about this peggy says like i want her out yeah and abe's like we can't do that i feel like they're talking about calling the cops on her right because she's a junkie because why would he say we can't do that like the way he says it, it comes across as that because otherwise he would say, "How are we going to get rid of her?" Right?
1: Uh, I don't know. I kind of thought he's like, "We can't do that," as if we we have no say in who they don't have the power to do that. Yeah, I don't know. The way he said it, because apparently like, apartments in New York City are real estate. <laughs> okay. What? Well, because like last year, they're last week they're talking about buying them, not like renting.
0: Oh, okay. So it's yeah, like
1: yeah. I, I I don't I know they got weird things like rent control and the stuff that I don't. I don't understand, but you know, he might be like, look, it's not like we can evict these people. They own, yeah. they own this. Maybe so. Like me complaining about my neighbor next door and like, we should get them, we should get them out of here. And I'm like, you know, you can't, we, can, I think he meant literally we can't do that. We don't have the horsepower. Hmm. All right. There's no neighborhood association.
0: Yeah. Uh Moving on. Pete thinks that the meeting with Jaguars called off. Um, he tells Don that on his way into his office, but then Roger's waiting for him and he tells him that it's still on, but Pete's not invited. Mm -hmm. And then he, uh, since Marie's in town, he suggests that Don also invite her along.
1: Oh yeah. Roger's excited about Marie.
0: Yeah. He tries to play it off like, oh, we'll bring the ladies to, to minimize the explosion. Uh,
1: but we all know, we all
0: know what Roger's after.
1: Also, you know, without how outraged Pete was about, so if Pete really wanted to get Don's buy-in on this buy-out situation, right? Mm-hmm. He did He did not try very hard to get Don out to dinner. He's just like, hey, let's go out to dinner. He's like, oh, let's enjoy a reprieve. Instead of being like, no, Don, I really need to talk to you. So I thought that rang a little hollow when yeah. he's screaming at Don later on in the episode. Yeah, that
0: was another little problem I had. Um, he certainly had an opportunity to tell Don that at least the
1: IPO was in the works. See, I kind of thought that this was, he made a weak, half-hearted effort so that when Don is outraged later, he could be like, well, I tried to get tell you and you, yeah. but then it blew up in his face because mm. Don blew up the Jaguar account, so.
0: Yeah, that's no, how you're probably I right it. about that. That's how Weasley Pete works. Yes. For sure. Um, We move on to uh, CGC, and they're, the three heads of CGC are having a meeting, the three partners. Uh, one of them, Frank, is tired of drawing rockets.
1: He's done. hmm He's really tired of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's so tired, uh, that he gets angry and starts shouting. And Teddy dismisses everybody, except for Frank. And then he asks him what's wrong. And Frank breaks the news that he has pancreatic cancer. And that the company's gonna go bankrupt when he dies, because they'll have to buy him out. hmm Uh, it's kinda rough.
1: Why didn't Jim tell Teddy... That Frank had cancer
0: I don't know that guy seemed kind of oblivious throughout Did, the episode like like he he was running the business but he didn't really care much he like was chasing tail yes yes a lot like
1: Roger yeah it's like when of those like oh yeah he had cancer I was supposed to tell you that <laughs> yeah uh I gotta yeah. say that after having a couple of rough weeks uh Teddy seemed really likable this episode That's probably because we're now going to have to have him joined up to, you know, the people (laughs) we like, so they can't have a completely unrepentant, you can't have more than one unrepentant asshole on your staff. Yeah, and if we
0: want Peggy to still be a likable character, he's got to be likable. That's
1: true, that's true.
0: Um, Because obviously, I was totally correct about Teddy making eyes at Peggy last episode. You
1: totally were, I thought you were full of shit, but no.
0: (laughs) Uh so we'll get to that, but figured it was fair to mention it there. Uh Frank here says everybody loves astronauts. I thought that was nice considering, you know, the time frame we're talking about here within the next like year or so. Uh we're gonna have a man on the moon in nineteen sixty nine. Uh and there was like That's all well and good space but ask, fever going on. That's all point. well
1: and good, but astronauts shit their pants. <laughs> How heroic yeah. can you be? <laughs>
0: so do race car drivers.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm not one to idolize a person whose life skill is turning left. Uh. If you're pants shitter on top of that, no
0: sale. <laughs> well, I don't know. Everybody seemed to like astronauts at that time, so, <laughs> and I still do, for the record. All right. Pants shitting or not, maybe that maybe Peggy's got an astronaut living
1: upstairs. Now yeah, maybe. <laughs> I just had a bad experience in space camp. Oh, <laughs> Moving
0: on, Daisy calls up Roger because she has a lead for him, and Roger grabs a pre-packed bag and rushes off to the airport.
1: He so Roger is the ad man equivalent of an ambulance chaser, basically. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, this was low down, dirty, skeevy Roger scrapping. Like, yep. what lit the fire under his ass, Pete? But that was Roger's a closer. Well, but do, do you Matthew think this is the therapy? Lady. Is this the therapy paying off? Because he oh. was—he had a ball of fire to beat Pete, and then he dripped acid, and he was all about you know seeing how far he could get and how much he could hustle, and then he's like, nah, fuck it, that's hard. I'm going to go back to being Roger. <laughs>
0: uh, Yeah, I don't know. The the effects of his LSD trip, you're right, have pretty
1: much worn off. It's, um, it's like he's I found the way to hustle, but in a uniquely Roger way. He's incorporating his whoring and his drinking to finding and and landing new accounts.
0: It's perfect for him.
1: The weaponized form of Roger Sterling.
0: Yeah, completely perfect. I mean, later on, he's got his drinks down to a science, too. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Um, But before we get there, we need to go over to Megan and her mother uh, in an elevator with a couple of teenage girls, and they ask for Megan's autograph. Uh, I didn't really... Understand what purpose this scene served. I was thinking maybe it was to show how reluctant Megan is to like play the star when she's offset.
1: Mm. Well, also I think it shows her mom. Um, man, I don't know what. How would you say that? It's not eating crow, but her mom oh, being kind yeah, of yeah, uneasy yeah. with Megan being Miss Thing. Yeah, yeah. I okay, don't even so know next.
0: How- In the next scene with them, she mentions that you've confounded everyone's expectations. Uh Uh-huh. Which, certainly, Marie had expectations that she was going to fail.
1: So you might be right about that. Maybe she's seeing for the first time her daughter is really a celebrity, right? Yeah, but on the other hand, I kind of thought that this was a little bit of a backhanded compliment. In that this is not the kind of art that... You know what I'm saying? Like, being on a soap opera is not like being on Broadway or even being in cinema. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's trashy and vulgar in the original sense of the word and, you know, like the lowest common denominator, right? So you got to think that that's something that's not really going to impress a woman like Marie. And I kind of feel like... I got the hint that this the scene that you're talking about later on that she was deliberately giving Megan the wrong advice. Well, it seemed to work on Don, right? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know that that was about Don and more about him getting a hard on from fucking Herb. Maybe. I don't know, because
0: later on when he gets the blowjay, he seems kind of into that, too. And that has nothing
1: to do with Herb. Hmm.
0: That's her being supportive. Of well, him. he's just
1: a man. I mean, how <laughs> I mean, what is he supposed to be like yawn and fall asleep?
0: Well, he was very tired. <laughs> no, uh, you might be right. You might be right. Megan's mom has not been nice to her in the past. Certainly when it comes to her acting. Uh, but moving on to Roger, uh showing up at the airport uh to meet Mikey, who we will later find out works for Chevy. And uh he <sighs> Grown-ass
1: man of the name of Mikey. (laughs) Right?
0: That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, You should have changed that name to Mike a long time ago.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, to shove his gobble and Chex life cereal and be done with it. (laughs) Uh, But he
0: plays on his attraction to Daisy to uh, getting his good graces, and he buys him a drink. Doesn't give him the olive with the water, that's for sure. Onion. Yeah, the onion with with the water.
1: Yeah, so on Twitter, I was like, what the fuck? A glass of water and an onion? Well, that's a common garnish in a hard alcoholic drink, though, right? It is, but I was thinking like a slice of a large onion on the rim of the
0: glass. (laughs) Not like a small onion with a toothpick through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, what the hell? And people set me straight. So thanks for that. Uh, But yeah, he buys him a drink and he gets a seat on the flight. Uh, So Roger just taking trips all
1: over the place. And his girlfriend's not... Did you catch the fact that she's not actually a stewardess?
0: Yeah, a flight attendant. She,
1: yeah, she's wor- She's like the uh, the executive lounge lady. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's she's a co- she's, she's a cocktail waitress that works yeah. at an executive lounge in the airport. Yep, exactly. Because for the longest time, I thought she was a stewardess. Nope, apparently not.
0: Uh, in the next scene, Megan reveals to her mother that Don is distant. That their marriage is not going well. And Marie tells her that she needs to reel Don back in with what's between her legs.
1: Oh, yeah. I got to say, in general, that's pretty damn good advice. Um, (laughs) Women, most ills that are affecting your man can probably be cured by sexing him up aggressively. (laughs) Uh, At least in a short-term fix kind of a way. Sure, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like Marie has an unusual amount of insight into a guy like Don and a woman like megan and Mm -hmm. something about the way she delivered this advice made me think that it was backhanded malicious am i crazy you're not totally crazy because
0: i've always felt like there's almost a rivalry between marie and megan yeah like marie still wants to be seen as what megan is now being seen
1: as yeah like marie is this great sophisticated beauty yeah but she's kind of like the autumn leaf at the end, at the song, at the end, uh, end of the episode. For sure, yeah. She hasn't quite fallen off the branch, but her days of, of uh, you know, pulling down a Don Draper are over, where Megan's just coming on to her own, and she does seem like the type of mom that would have a bit of a chip of a shoulder uh, about that.
0: Oh, my God. Can you imagine when Sally starts pulling in dudes? Oh. Betty is
1: going to go nuts. Yeah. She's oh, going to be God. giving her locks of hair away to creepy boys <laughs> left, right, and center. What color
0: do you think those locks are going to be? <laughs>
1: well, they'll be black with blonde roots,
0: apparently. Uh, yeah. So I, I think you're right about that. There's something weird about that advice he gives. Mm-hmm. Uh, So we go over to the dinner with Herb, and his wife <laughs> is just annoying the crap out of everyone. Yeah, uh, Marie is doing a terrible job of hiding it. Luckily, she can not speak English, and they won't know. Um,
1: Megan is doing a much better job at hiding it. You know what she's not doing a very good job of? Hmm. Being sexy. Like, if that's a dress you wear to make your man want to crawl between your legs, I no, don't... No, dude, it's 1968. Dude, she's wearing a chrome burlap sack. <laughs> dude, you're so with wrong. Like, I out, guarantee with, with, with that like, was totally fashion With, like, out, of, out like astronaut makeup no i disagree i because
0: the beehive haircuts were in style like you gotta think this is 1968
1: i'm gonna say jessica perry is a very attractive woman but the makeup and dress they've been i don't know like i guess it's the 70s stuff just isn't doing it for aaron but i think that's what it is and also for some reason i've decided to start speaking of myself in the third person (laughs) that's not a dick move (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I, I'm i not... I don't know. I just, like, I wrote that in my notes. Like, this is not my idea of... And, right. and is it Dawn's idea? I mean, I guess it worked, but again, I don't think this is less about her and more about Herb. You could be right about that. Uh I'm certainly not
0: super attracted to the 60s look either, but for the time, I'm sure it was very sexy. All right. Uh It obviously got Herb's... uh panties in a twist there Mm -hmm. because he's all about it uh we'll get to that in just a minute uh roger hasn't shown up yet and herb's tired of waiting and marie suggested they just leave everyone's kind of like oh whoa don't say that yeah Uh, so megan kind of jumps in and says hey let's order food instead Mm -hmm. Uh, she's obviously only there to see roger right
1: yeah well so she plus, heard roger was going she's like oh yeah plus i don't think she expected to be with uh quite the bougie douche that Herb and, and uh <laughs> that is not the company don would normally keep yeah what what's saying. what's his wife's name or peaches i don't know herbin peaches. peaches oh
0: Ugh. Ugh. bad it's bad all around it is uh Next scene is Bert telling Pete that the company is going public at eleven dollars per share. So not quite what Bert wanted, but
1: he seems happy enough about it. He's aggressively sucking off Pete in this scene, for sure. He
0: is, man. He has a very high opinion of what Pete has done for the company. Yeah, he
1: basically, and that's so weird because, uh, you know, okay, so so you know, Bert slapped Harry down last week about you know us being nothing alike, but. Bert was giving it up. He's like, you know, came in here single-handedly and cleaned up this place and landed all these big accounts. And I don't think that that's all true. Uh, he certainly wasn't landing, like, the really big accounts.
0: And they gave him the credit eventually for Jaguar, didn't they? Uh,
1: yeah. he kind of stole that from Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Lane is the one that, I mean, Lane and Joan, really. Yeah. yeah they're the Ginsburg, ones who landed that. They're the they're the on the, the the Mount Rushmore of the Jaguar account. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like
0: Pete got the credit for it.
1: Yeah, he brokered the deal, I guess. But yeesh. but he
0: certainly brought in a lot of small companies to keep them afloat while certainly. they needed it. Certainly. Um, I think that's what Bert was saying about keeping the company running lean, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just it seemed like maybe it was a little more praise than was due to Pete, but Pete certainly has done a lot for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite being a all-around terrible person, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and also in that scene that they plan an announcement meeting for tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, we go back to the dinner
1: where Marie can barely stand listening to Herb's wife, Peaches. And Pe- this is a peach. Stupid Peaches is saying, "My God, what an idiot!" In French is pretty much sounds exactly <laughs> like "Yeah, in idiot. English. Like you can't my tell. yeah, mon Dieu, c'est la idiot. It's like I would have think someone I could detect if someone was insulting yeah, me. And in she my gestures. Face.
0: You want me to smash a bottle over her head? She's like gesturing <laughs> yeah. aggressively to smash a bottle on her. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the women uh, head off to powder their noses in the restroom, and after a pretty uh, lurid comment about Megan and a suggestion that SCDP, uh runs their work by a friend of herbs. Don straight up fires Jaguar in style.
1: Yes, he does. In
0: style, man. And like
1: every time Herb tries to take it to the next level, Don meet, <laughs> meets him and it exceeds them. Yep. And I like at the end where uh he's <laughs> the ultimate insult is like, "You know Herb, I'm going to let you get this one." Yep. Instead, well, he's been getting them all
0: along, but they've been taking him out of his account. Yeah, right, <laughs> but right. But he right. wants to buy one last meal. Uh-huh. Uh and then at the end when he's just like yeah, don't sit down. We're leaving. Dinner's over. And he
1: says, I've never felt better. <laughs> the best oh, is when great. Herb is saying something about him doing cartwheels, and Don's like, really? <laughs> a man your size? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, nobody uh, is better at the cutting insult than Don Draper. So do you think this was because of what Herb said or a
0: combination of like what he said about Megan and him running the new business by him?
1: Dude, it's like, Joni. Plus, this bull, that was, that yeah. was, he already had it in for him then. Then you have mm-hmm. this bullshit about wanting to do this retail channel stuff and gut the high concept ad campaigns, which yeah. is basically punching Don in the balls.
0: And it's client he wanted to fire right then and there. Then, knowing all
1: this, he leers at his wife. Yep. And, try- and, and says that he wants this young punk that works at his car dealership to start running creative <laughs> ideas by him. <laughs> I and mean, that's like the that's the perfect storm nightmare for a guy, you know? Yeah, he's
0: never been more justified in firing a client.
1: Like, you and I have done like web design and stuff. Yeah. And anytime someone starts talking about their cousin who's, you know, good at front page, you just want to <laughs> fucking shoot yourself uh, in the head. That's yeah. the, that's this version, right?
0: Yeah. Or when they get too involved, like Herb is doing. Like, thinking they know better than the people who do this for a living. And he's
1: just, he's just, he's just crude. The whole. Yeah. uh, He's a
0: disgusting pig of a man. And he got everything he deserved in this scene. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, when they get home, Don and Megan go to town. They go to town in the bedroom.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Uh, Roger calls up with something very important to talk to Don about. And he insults Marie in the process. (laughs) And she tells him to forget her name and hangs up on him.
1: Yep. Do you think Roger can bring this around?
0: Ah, uh, she seemed pretty insulted. That's true. I mean, he effectively called her an idiot right there, didn't he? Uh, I just like think... Speaking slowly so she can understand. And, like, this is, this is men talk. You wouldn't understand any of this if I told you what's going on. So I'm just going to speak to you like you're an inferior and hand the phone to Don.
1: Well, not only that, but... Handing he her made her dinner? feel he he made her feel unimportant because yes. she realized that's the biggest insult and blow to her ego is that she realized that he totally forgot about her. Yeah, wasn't even thinking about her. Yeah, he missed dinner and then he didn't call up for her. He called up for nothing. Nope. Yep, he was just afterthought, and that's her worst nightmare.
0: Yeah, All right, That's effectively what her husband's doing, right? <laughs> yep. So we move on to. Ugh, to the grimiest scene mm-hmm. That can possibly be imagined Not only is Pete there Not only is it a whorehouse But we've got Bob Benson in the room Yeah, Bob fucking Benson, man uh, He's using a fake name Did you catch that? Curious George Yeah Fake as can be This guy, nothing about this guy is right <laughs> I'm telling you Wait
1: a second that's not really assumed. I thought that was just something. the, the Yeah, it's the, a crack. Okay, uh, Pete, thank Pete God. Pete was making a joke. But yeah. but he
0: is using a fake name, right? He
1: wanted to, at least. Because uh, it came up. He's wanting to pay for Pete's uh, pussy, that's for sure. Yeah. God, this guy's such a glad-handing scumbag.
0: He is, man. Disgusting uh, guy. Anyway, so Pete comes out of the room, and he's teasing Bob, and then, oh, lo and behold... What do we see? Pete's father-in-law mm-hmm. coming
1: out of a room with a big black hooker. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest blackest <laughs> prostitute New York City had to offer, apparently. <laughs> apparently, which they make such a deal about this. So for an enlightened dude, I last was season, shouting at someone for a being bona fide a racist. racist, he can't get over <laughs> th- th- his his father-in-law having sex with an attractive black woman, <laughs> which
0: makes me think. That maybe Pete's defensiveness is
1: because he's a racist. Is he that kind of like? Yeah, like intellectually he's cool, but at a visceral level, but when level, it comes right down this, to it, yeah, or like yeah, he's all for he's all for rights for <laughs> or other races it, as long as they know their place. They maybe don't Maybe it was
0: just the size of the hooker. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because he makes a pretty big deal of that. Like, if it had been more of, like, a Lane's, you know, Lane's Chocolate Bunny, he could have seen that. But, sure, you know, sure. He you he, he, he doesn't like, <laughs> like I said, there ain't nothing wrong with a thick girl. No. Hell as no. far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe Pete just doesn't roll that. Like, I guess not. I guess not. I don't know if I want to say the dude's racist for having a preference, but I don't know. Maybe Maybe he doth protest too much a bit.
0: Perhaps. Anyway, so, yeah, that's a an awkward scene. Pete says hello. His father says goodnight and uh, walks out of the room. Now, it's it's important to know that this is the guy from Vix. Because if you don't know that, they never say it in the episode. They just imply it yeah, a few places. but if
1: you've been paying attention, too, you also know that, you know, that's how they got the clear cell count. And you kind yeah. of pay attention to parent companies. Uh, yeah, yeah, but
0: for anybody who didn't know and was maybe a little confused about the rest of this episode, okay. that's why. This guy's from right. Uh We move on to Pete asking Ken what he should do about seeing his father-in-law at the so-called party house. Uh, Ken says to do nothing because his father-in-law won't either. It's a mutually assured destruction. Um, and just then Jaguar calls up to tell him what happened at Herb's dinner last night.
1: Mm-hmm. What'd you... Uh, oh, God, this... This is why I think this episode's a ten. Not only did we have Kin. Pete harping about the biggest, blackest prostitute, but Ken's uh, talking about his math teachers. like He wasn't working a slide rule or anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And his theory about mutual assert- assured destruction, and which is why I don't worry about the bomb. Yeah. You think after Pete tells him, uh, you know, hypothetically in between episodes <laughs> that he's going to be buying a bomb shelter? He might be, yeah. Yeah. I- Oh, God. Or he's going to be writing a book about the bomb. Oh, for sure. I want, oh, man, I want to talk about later scenes so bad, but I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. I can okay. do this.
0: Fair enough. Uh, yeah, there there was a lot of comedy relief uh, in yes. this episode in, in that scene with Ken and Pete. In this very next scene where Don comes into the office, Pete confronts him, comes down the stairs barely makes it without a broken tailbone
1: (laughs) (laughs) and did you see all the different animated gifs
0: i did yeah oh (laughs) so good someone sent me one on twitter which was great uh so he confronts don about jaguar uh after falling down the stairs Uh, don tries to defend his actions but pete starts shouting about a public offering and then a Crowd starts gathering, and they take the discussion into the conference he, room. He's
1: so bad at these insults, man. He's all Tarzan swinging in Hell's Bells. He's nothing compared <laughs> to Don You know, taking Herb down a, a couple notches. Which oh, I'm kinda, yeah, yeah. I
0: thought Don showed admirable. His insults admirable as blue. clumsy as his stair walking. Th- <laughs> stair traversal.
1: I thought Don showed admirable restraint because I feel like he could eviscerate Pete at any time and on any given day. But he has some kind of weird, sad pity for the man, so he doesn't give it to him the way he needs it. I feel like maybe
0: he should have done that already, and that I hope they're not, but they might be setting Don up for a problem uh, with the other partners between him and Pete. Could be. Because the way Bert's sucking Pete off in this episode, I gotta wonder if, like, whose side he would be on well, if Don uh, like brought the hammer down.
1: I'll tell you, Bert's on the side of money. Bert's old money. But who's bringing that in? He that's, sees Pete as the guy who made this That's business. what I'm saying. Okay. I'm right. saying that he's probably going to be on the side of Campbell.
0: And Roger, we know where he stands. He'll be on Don's side for sure. Probably. Uh, so we may have a standoff there if anything does go down.
1: Roger don't give a fuck, man. And he <laughs> yeah. comes in there. He comes in there uh, with the, you know, basically slapping the coffee out of Pete's hand and <laughs> saying coffee's for closers. Yeah. Because I'm a closer, Pete. Yeah, closer. I close things. <laughs> yeah, I close things.
0: Oh, man. So good. So good. Uh, so there are a couple points. We haven't actually introduced this scene yet. Um, I want to go back to where Pete is traversing the stairs. Mm-hmm. What are they trying to say about Pete with his clumsiness? I just think it's it's Is it prat- just
1: comedy? Is yeah, that all they're trying to fall. do? It's a pratfall. It's a Okay. And also... I didn't know if
0: they were trying to say anything about his character
1: uh that he that he rushes off half cocked because this is kind of like well, that's don's problem well, point, but right? again, Don and Pete are various they're there's two sides of the same fucked up coin, yep yep um Don rushes ahead but pulls it off suavely, yeah, uh Pete rushes ahead and busts his ass <laughs> and then destroys his relationship with his wife to try to get back at his father in law that's not even effective. Yep. You know, Don cheats on his neighbor's wife with his neighbor's wife in style and doesn't yep. get caught. Pete gets caught right away. I mean, it's like basically Don does things better. Yeah. So they have the same personality flaws. Don just is better looking and more charming and thus able to pull it off.
0: Huh. Okay. Uh, I would suggest that Pete gets some better traction on his shoes.
1: However... We're burying the lead, which is Joan going Super Saiyan. Oh,
0: no, no, no. We're not even at that scene yet. So so when they go into the conference room, there's a crowd around, right? Yeah, yeah. And it disperses. It immediately disperses. The one person who does it is Bob Benson. Of course. He's standing on the stairs. He starts to leave, and then he thinks better of it. No, I'm going to stay around and watch. Sure. This guy is up to no good.
1: I'm telling you. Uh, I think he's a brown noser. I mean, I know we're getting ever more conspiracy theories of them, <laughs> but I, I don't I don't think there's any there's any there there. All right. I've well, even got one to read from Facebook, I think.
0: OK, uh, well, let's go into the next scene. Okay. Uh, the one that you apparently really want to talk about. Um, just as everything is about to blow up, uh, Roger enters with some good news. They have a meeting with Chevy and a check for 10,000 bucks. And then Don starts to celebrate a little bit. Joan gets angry about Don firing Jaguar after all she went through to get that client. Um, what were you
1: wanting to say about this scene? Just how badass Joan was. I mean, this is... Yeah. This is Daenerys sacking Astapor. She... I don't know what that fucking means. <laughs> she takes it to Don hard. And, and, you know, it just... She Emotionally eviscerates him, and he can't say shit about it yeah no you're right that's all i wanted to say i thought you would be more like oh wow that's so fucking cool no it it was awesome no doubt um i don't know i've
0: part of me wants to say like joan should be a little bit stronger and a little under more understanding of what don did i mean he got like he was saying he got rid of a 300 pound problem Mm. um but at the same time, I totally understand where Joan's coming from. Sure, She did not want to sleep with that guy just to have Don fire him a year later. Um, the other thing that is interesting about this scene is that I think Pete is right in this scenario. Um, there's There's aspects of it where Don is also kind of right. I mean, Don says that they should have said no to this guy a long time ago. Like, this is not someone they even want to be working with at that point. Um, but Pete saying, like, Roger comes in and he says, oh, we got Chevy, and now Don's trying to play it off like that was his plan. No, no, Pete is absolutely right. Don had no plan, and he was Tarzan swinging from vine to vine. Mm-hmm. I mean, had Roger not come in with that, it would have been disastrous for their company, right? I mean, they they've got an IPO in the works, and now their biggest client is gone? Yeah, yeah. That's
1: a huge problem. No, honestly, there. If you know anything about history, there is a lot of danger signs flashing in this episode. Mm. Losing Jaguar, losing Vix, and gaining this myst- mystery GM account. Which have you done any research on this? No. All right. Well, I'll let this. I'll let this go a little bit longer then, because I have, and I was shocked. What the silence? What's, What's going to go a little bit longer? No, I, we're not to the we're not to the park. Oh, yet. okay, gotcha. We're okay, so
0: should we keep moving then?
1: Yes, please. All right. Um,
0: there's there's definite I versus we, uh, throughout this episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not watch for that as I was watching the episode, so I'm not really sure what it means. Uh, but it's there. You can go try to check it out and tell me what it means. Okay. <laughs> uh, we go to the next scene. Donna Roger call Stan and Ginsburg in for the meeting on the new project for Chevy. It's brand new. Totally unnamed car, and they get to take it from the ground up. And they're really excited. Stan is loving it. Stan, Ginsburg, they are just super excited mm-hmm. about it. Uh, there's a line in here where Ginsburg says to Roger, after he reads off the list of three agencies, he says, you have to write that down? Yeah, right. Is that, is that just like a one-off joke, or is that going to like, be a problem for Roger.
1: No, I just think I I noticed the same it just thing about a smart ass. some of the sales guys I know, they like to write things down like that, where it's like, really? Okay. Three, you, you could remember three names of your competitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems, I don't know, it seems more official when they do that. Hmm. Um. Anyway, I I, I just got to check a lot of that, because, again, that, that reminds me a lot of the sales guys I know.
0: Okay. Uh... Anything else to say about that uh, that scene?
1: Um just that so this top secret car that they're working on ends up being the Chevy Vega
2: which oh, was okay. a huge
1: failure uh for for Chevrolet. Interesting. Uh, in fact, Wikipedia says uh subsequently the car became widely known for a range of problems related to its engineering reliability, safety, propensity to rust, and engine durability. <laughs> so everything. Despite a series of expensive recalls and design upgrades, the Vega's problems tarnish both its own as well as General Motors' reputation. Wow. With production ending in 1977. So, their <laughs> dream job is going to be a giant lemon yeah. that is going to leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Perfect. And their merger got rid of Alfa Romeo and they're getting rid of Jaguar and they lost VIX because of, of of peach shenanigans. Uh-huh. So again, plus I, I was did a little other, some other research that showed, uh, cause I was interested in, you know, how often that small firms like this went public. And I guess it wasn't uncommon, but it wasn't super common, but like something like 90% of these, Advertising firms that did have IPOs were completely bankrupt and out of business by the mid-70s. Yeah. So things don't look good for whatever the fuck they're going to call this, you know, weird amalgam ad agency. Yep. Yeah, could be bad news
0: for uh, SCDP and CGC in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing to think about, how is Pete? Going to explain the loss of Vicks.
1: I have no he's idea. He's going to hope
0: that it doesn't ever come out that he was the cause of that,
1: right? Oh, come on. I mean, it's got to, right?
0: Otherwise, why do
1: it? Well, I mean, because the partners are going to ask him. Like, this is your father-in-law. You can't. I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to have some. He's, he's going to have to some... eat. There's going to be some comeuppance somewhere, somehow. Yeah, so maybe that changes
0: uh, old Burt Cooper's opinion of Pete a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Uh anyway, let's move on to the next scene. Got Peggy leaving work late. She hears Teddy in the other room trying to get reception on his TV.
1: Either that or his office has come down to the poltergeist.
0: Uh all right. <laughs> He's uh worried about not having Frank around anymore. And Peggy tries to comfort him and uh Teddy makes a move. Teddy goes in for an awkward kiss. Uh and then Peggy leaves. Guess things got too awkward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh and he like, man, do not call Teddy weak. And then Oh the, yeah. But then don't yeah. call him strong either unless you want him to come no, at you like don't a call face him nice. hugger. Don't oh call yeah, nice. yeah. Nice, not weak. Sorry, I yeah. got the two confused. Then you call him strong and he comes at you like a face hugger. Oof <laughs> Yeah, he does. And he's 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 ruining dropping uh Alpha Romeo here. Um there, there's a line that he says, or yes. that Peggy says. Um, oh. That she
0: says, I've spent a lot of time working with pessimistic people. Well, guess what, Peggy? <laughs> yeah, you're going to get some more
1: of that experience. <laughs> yeah,
0: you are. By the end of this episode.
1: Now, isn't here... Because you've, you've got a crazy theory about Teddy playing Don, right? I, I don't
0: think it's a crazy theory. I think it's fact. All right, I think so, it's so, borne out in this So episode. your
1: theory is birth. Is, is given birth to here in the scene when he says something about he's got something, what is it like special in the works or he's got a new direction. Yeah. He's, he, he's he has taking? a new direction that they're taking. Um, So do you think that he's already got this? If so, your plan, your, your theory is that he Jedi mind tricks Don into yep. thinking that the merger was his idea so that he would go along with it. Yeah. But exactly. that was what he went to Detroit. Uh, in, in in the first place, for right?
2: Yeah, okay. I think so. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm
1: gonna let this go on, and I'm gonna kick I'm gonna kick one of the legs out from under it, and see how you defend it. Later okay, on. we'll see. Prepare um, yourself.
0: All right, and it, and it's all the whole ball of wax. There is perpetuated on the fact that Frank has cancer, and that the company is going to go bankrupt. Yeah, they can't buy him they out. They don't have enough money to buy him out when he dies. So I think. Not only is he is he worried in the scene about losing Frank from a creative and support standpoint, but also
1: from financial one. How does SCDP get out of that when Lane died last year? They had a huge insurance policy on him. Not huge it was like a hundred thousand dollars. That would really bankrupt G- uh, CGC. Maybe I don't know. Mm, I don't. I have no concept of how big they
0: are. I yeah. assume they're roughly as big as SCDP because of you know the merger actually making them big enough.
1: Yeah. To handle this. I don't know. Depending on how they're leveraged, maybe that would be enough to, to make a difference.
0: Yeah, who knows? The debt they're holding. <laughs> um, so we go over to Don in an elevator this time. And Dr. Rosen shows up and he tells him that he quit his job because the hospital chickened out on the heart transplant and he's lost a chance of making history.
1: So we're we've got immediate releases stacking up on top of each other. Uh we do? Herb Herb was an immediate release. Uh, I'm assuming uh, Pete's, Pete's father-in-law, father-in-law had an immediate release. An immediate release. Dr. Gross. Rosen uh, was immediate, immediately released himself. Obviously, the press release. was kind of playing the, the name game here. Um, Yeah. Vix. Yeah. Vix immediate, was immediate release. Yep. Are you going anywhere with that? Or is that no, just I'm just I'm just, observational. just I'm just making some observations here. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, and so he quit his job because he didn't get the first American heart transplant. Yeah, some team from Texas swooped in and got got it. Yep. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, not not a
0: huge scene. It does to go show. There. It's probably leading to something bigger in the following episodes.
1: Well, plus it also shows that he's not necessarily the selfless dude we've seen. That like you know oh, yeah, this is yeah. all for some pride and ambition and when he didn't get what he want he just up and quit. So all those late nights and saving people's lives it was he was he had his, he had an end goal in mind. Yeah. And it got snatched away from him. So it kind of puts it casts mm. it cast him in a slightly different light too.
0: Yep, definitely.
1: Uh when Don gets home,
0: Megan tells him that she's going to do whatever she can to support him. Then he gets the old blowjay.
1: Yeah, but man so she says, I love you like this fearless. I want you to feel like you can jump from the balcony and fly to work like Superman. Oh. Are you fucking kidding me? How how many hints do we have to have that Don's going to jump off a ledge and kill himself at the end of this series? Yeah, man. Or is Wiener just fucking with us? I never can tell. I never like, can tell. Wasn't there a kid that tried to jump, like emulate the, super, the old Superman? Uh, uh, it wasn't Christopher Reeves. It was the other Reeves guy. Oh, the original uh, Reeves? Yeah, jumped off a roof and killed himself. Maybe. I'm just I'm saying sure. that he. she said the dude that I, I, you should feel like you should jump from the fat balcony. That's got to mean something. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and it's the all whole hinting. And the opening for the last six years has been Don falling from yep. his office. I know, man. I know. Uh, it's there. Did we get any feedback about that, or is I the only one that saw the. They, they got that. Uh, that's a good question. We'll mm. have to find out.
0: I feedback. <laughs> uh, I read most of them, but I did not read them right before this
1: episode. So. Oh, the last minute ones. Yeah, gotcha. Uh,
0: Roger and Don are waiting for their flight to Detroit, and one of the guys from the other agency, Dancer, comes <laughs> up and, and taunts them about losing Vix, which Don and Roger are unaware of at that point.
1: Yep, and they're nine like, mil- that's uh, nine nine million in revenue.
0: Yeah, so you got to wonder if their valuation as a company is at 20.9. Yeah. 9 million is a significant chunk. Yes, of it is.
1: Yes, it is. That's an anchor client, sounds like. Yeah. Between I mean, that and Jaguar, that's some <laughs> bad juju.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um we go
0: to Pete who's on the phone with a I presume a secretary at Vix and he's yelling. He's furious. He's going to come over there. Mhm. Uh, he wants to speak with her, or sorry, not her, but his father-in-law, uh, but she won't let him, so he's angry, and uh, he storms off, as someone, I think it might be Joan, comes into his office, I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: anyway, Roger gets back from checking on the Vix joke, and tells Don that they're just screwing with him, and nothing's wrong, but he's
1: lying. Yeah. He's lying, and it's all over his face. But Roger gets his licks in. He makes the guys lose their luggage. So <laughs> yeah, there goes one less of Which the competitors.
0: Awesome. Well, no, I mean losing your luggage, you're still gonna. They're dressed up nice, right? They can wear those suits. Uh, yeah, I to guess the it's still gonna you fuck do what with you gotta it. do. But it's yeah, fuck with the game. Sure, <laughs> definitely. Uh, they won't be able to shave. <laughs> Have to go buy some razors, I guess.
1: Can't powder the. Can't powder the boys
0: uh pete shows up at his father-in-law's office to question why he pulled their business and uh father-in-law tells him that he has no business being a father whoa harsh harsh words that he has no character but that he won't tell anybody about what happened because that's he'll do the right thing well i mean i
1: kind of agree child molesters should not be parents so Jeez. there's that. Um, yeah. I love Pete's reaction. You just press the button, yeah, as yeah. if as if Tom knows what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> um, I was actually almost convinced that Tom had a legit reason to be at that whorehouse. How confident he was, because <laughs> when he yeah. said, "You'll do the right thing," I uh-huh. was almost like, "You're going to do the exact opposite of the wrong thing." It's going to it's going to you know, put your own head in the noose, which ended up—that's up crazy. what
0: possible legitimate reason, man. I don't could he know. Have for being at a whorehouse. I
1: don't know what reason you could have to be at a whorehouse. With I mean, Serena Williams. They—they they
0: probably need vapor rub. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> he's like he's hustling. He's, he's taking care of his accounts. They need the, they need to vapor up, clear up their sinuses. <laughs> I need some shit.
0: Uh, yeah, you do.
1: But yeah, I just, I thought that, you know, obviously I don't think that turned out to be right. Well, it did, except for what it is, is Trudy just wasn't having any of Pete's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So he got, it, it did nothing to his, her father, it did nothing to his father-in-law and blew completely up and, because he was so close, so close to getting Trudy back.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was weaseling his
1: way back in. And that is shut Forever. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. It's Weasley Pete. No, no. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Yeah, I can't can't respect Trudy if she takes him back after this. No, she won't.
0: Not after he attacks her family like that. Yeah. And for what? I mean, what was his
1: strategy? He was just angry. I don't think he had a strategy. I get that. But literally, how could that have gone? Because... At your best-case scenario, your wife is going to be horrified with her father, but also, what the fuck were you doing in a whorehouse? So, <laughs> the, you're, you're well, taking but, it for but, mutual assured destruction. But Pete destru- has already cheated on her, and she knows that. Yeah, but this is, like, fresh. I mean, he was trying to get back in her good graces and was succeeding. So, yeah, true. it's truly mutual assured destruction. I don't know, Um, man. It was was crazy to watch. Pete's compulsive. Pete does things because he's mad. I guess.
0: Anyway, we go over to uh, Peggy, at her apartment, and she's complaining about it to Abe, complaining about the neighborhood, complaining about everything. She doesn't like any of it. Uh, Abe's much more optimistic than Peggy. Uh, She doesn't like change, apparently. They get romantic, but Peggy is seeing Teddy the entire time. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, at first I didn't understand what was happening here because I, like, looked down or something when they first showed him transform. I was like, did we cut away? Is it a flashback?
1: I mean, they haven't done themselves any favors this year with the crazy editing. (laughs) Right? Uh, I was like, oh, Wiener, what are you doing to me? Did you see what he was reading? No. (laughs) It was a book, and it's by Ralph Waldo Emerson, but it just said something. Like okay. like Peggy couldn't think of her own imagination couldn't think of a book or a, oh. a collection, so it just was something by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Because, Seriously? Yeah, because he quoted that to her when uh, he made the pitch to, to bring her on board. Wow! So That's I just thought awesome. that was a nice little touch.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we go back over to the hotel bar uh, in Detroit, and Teddy runs into Don. He convinces Don that they're both dead in the water at this presentation. And after running through the presentations with each other, Don decides they should go into the meeting together and give Chevy an agency of the size they're looking for. Teddy agrees, and they get to work.
1: So, this was shot and framed, and so it had so many callbacks back to Hawaii, right? Don with, uh, not being able private to... Private
0: Dinkins, or not Private. Yeah. Uh, PFC, Private yeah, First yeah.
1: Class. So, which is a Private... <laughs> Uh, is is don lying awake getting up in the middle of the night he's drinking like hawaii he's even dressed like he was um he says uh, let's get in trouble lieutenant yeah he does why the callbacks to hawaii what where are they going with this that's a really
0: good question i don't know uh i did not actually make that connection until you said that he that he quoted him or he, or he said something
1: so, about so lieutenant getting in trouble. Here is the problem I have with your theory because you actually talked me into it uh, precast. But I'm sitting here. I'm thinking, how did Teddy even know that Don was going to be in Detroit?
0: Uh, yeah, no, that's a good question
1: because he genuinely was. I mean, maybe fake surprise, but if he didn't fake surprise, yeah. how the hell did he know? Because that was a last minute deal that Roger set up with no notice. It came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, and they had already. CGC was already employed. Or not employed, but already scheduled to do a presentation uh, Um, before Roger even met that guy. I guess the timeline
1: would work out. No, no, no. I I don't think it does. I think you're right. No, because Roger was setting this up with uh, um, Mikey. And yeah. then, like the sort of timeline went, we see Roger setting this up, and he takes the plane p- plane ride. Mm-hmm. Um, while at the same time, uh, we we come back and we see that Teddy's on the floor. So, so that's that's the that's the previous no, no, day. No. That's- the next day, Teddy's on the floor watching static.
0: No, the day before that, when when they're doing the CGC company meeting, yeah, with the three heads, yeah, and Freddy says about the cancer, uh huh. They're meeting about the Chevy project.
1: Yes, they're so they're already on it. But I'm saying, then we see the next day Roger yeah. gets the deal. The next day after that, Teddy's on the floor watching static, saying he's got a new direction. So, so someone do you inside think someone GMC said something to him? Could have. Could have. Okay. I don't I am I'm, I'm thinking that's a serious problem with your theory. But it may not but be. But that yeah. that might be. I mean the timing is just so that that could be plausible. It just seems like
0: the way that they mention the way that Don says I'm going to set it up so that it seems like Chevy had this idea.
1: Yes. No. Teddy I'm,
0: is doing that exact thing to him at that exact moment. And there's And that would be so perfect <laughs> that I can't I can't even conceive that Wiener wouldn't have thought of that.
1: Yeah, and just there was something very carefully artificial about the way Ted acted in that whole scene. Yeah, I think so. Like, it seemed, I don't know. And that it, New it Direction
0: seemed, comment and the idea that yeah, they yeah, are yeah. going to be done as a company very yeah, soon yeah, yeah. Yeah. if they don't do something radical.
1: Right. I mean, he could have, I mean, it also would work because that pitch was not the spaceman pitch. So it was a new direction on that one too. I honestly uh-huh, I thought yeah. Teddy's pitch was fucking terrible. <laughs>
2: okay. Especially
1: when you see Don's pitch. Um. The other thing is I thought that Don was going to give him, Um. I thought that what was going to happen was Teddy was giving him a horrible pitch. It was a bullshit pitch. And then he's going to steal Don's pitch.
0: Oh, uh, I, I didn't pick that up at all. I thought that
1: was going to happen. Obviously, it didn't happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But no, I, I, I could see him, Teddy, working him. I just, I don't know. That'd be a, a shocking reversal in their relationship.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um. Okay, let's move on. The next day, uh, SCDP and CGC meet up to go into the meeting after expressing that they're all kind of against this idea if it doesn't work out. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: I put in my notes that I blacked out for a few scenes because the the merger thing blew my mind. Did you see yeah. that coming at no, all? No. no. Uh-uh. And for people, that's the other thing. What I think is hilarious is all these people are saying, "Wiener's lost it." We're just we're doing a repeat of everything that's happened in the past. Well, here's your curveball, people.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they split off a couple of seasons ago. Now they're re-merging with somebody.
1: Yeah. This season
0: uh i i really liked it i thought it was a thing that will keep this interesting for oh yeah quite a since while to since come. we've already
1: got so many things to analyze yeah. so many different yeah. angles and and are they going to have to reduce staff who's going to come who's going to stay Yeah,
0: what does that do for harry oh my god yeah
1: he's going to be back with the Krishnas before long. <laughs>
0: probably so uh so yeah they they all meet up there's this oh man Corvette has always been one of my favorite cars, and there is just a beautiful specimen. Yeah, there is. Of a 68 Stingray in there. Whew. Gotta love that car. Uh, first year they made Stingrays, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Pete's waiting for Trudy in their kitchen when she gets home. Uh, he tells her that her father pulled, her, pulled their business from SCDP, and that he saw him in a, quote, midtown whorehouse with a 200-pound Negro prostitute. End quote. Mm-hmm. Oh Pete Oh Pete What are you doing man I don't like you But what are
1: you doing And like Trudy said Cause he acted like I had to do this I had no choice And she's like You've had lots of choices Peter <laughs> And you've your made whole shitty life. Shitty choices Almost from the jump
0: eh, to be fair Trudy made a pretty shitty one Getting involved with Pete <laughs> Well I mean how <laughs> If was that's she... his comeback though I don't think that would have
1: worked How is she supposed to know That Pete was What he was at the time
0: She couldn't have He's too weasley.
1: He's yeah, too good I'm, at what he does. Because the thing is the way, because I used to hate Trudy, because she plays the yeah. same type of overtly artificial, mannered, yeah. articulated. But do you remember what Pete did with,
0: when he found out they were having the baby? Oh, what did he do? He essentially weaseled that contract out of his, oh, out yes, of his father-in-law yes, by using sure. the, ah, oh, God, he's a fucking horrible person.
1: Right. And and lest you forget, he still has a gun floating around the office. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah.
0: I, well, I haven't seen that in a while.
1: Mm. So maybe I'll look for that, uh rewatch it and look for it.
0: And in the final scene, we uh, see Peggy called
1: into Teddy's office. And she's
0: shocked when she sees Don.
1: And getting herself all dolled up. It, before she's, she does it, yeah. She's already got uh, one foot out of the Abe door. <laughs> yeah, she... Well... And the other nice foot's standing in a pile of human shit. <laughs> 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 oh, and it's junky shit, too. <laughs> oh, You know that can't be normal texture and color. Not at all. The heroin shits are the worst. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so when she gets into the office, they explain to her that SCDP and CGC have fully merged. Um, she's super shocked, and they tell her to write up a press release. Uh, they tell her to name the company
1: SCDP CGC.
0: No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. They don't have a name for it yet.
1: No. And, oh, wow. Um, and her reaction, just coming off the heels of, like, you know, what she said to Abe, I don't like change. Well, guess what? Strap yourself in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although I mean, it's not she... a
0: huge change because she's just going back to work with the people yeah, like she but did dude, before. She,
1: she was not on board of this at all. I mean, did you see her face? She's yeah, pissed. Yeah. She... She should be. She's dreading. She doesn't like working with these people. She left for a reason. No, she wanted to get out of Don's shadow, if nothing else. And she finally did. And now, and and he's clearly, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many storylines, so many plotlines, so many relationships and character interplays are going to happen here. Yeah, this is just
0: this is taking the deck and
1: shuffling. And it. the politics of this, because we see that they, you had senior partners at CDCP or yes, SCDP mm-hmm. running around behind the other partners' backs, making unilateral decisions. <laughs> yes. Then Don and Roger one up some and do the same thing to them in reverse. Ugh. I mean. Yeah, where is this going... I mean, how's this going to sit with, with uh, Pete? How's this going to sit with Don and Joan? Uh, you know? So, Joan is not a silent partner, is she?
0: No, I don't think so. So, she has 5% control of the company, period. Financially, uh, just making decisions, everything. Well, it's just jack shit. No, 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 but it's... In this case... It is a deciding factor, right, because Roger and Don have made this decision. Pete and Bert may not be on board with this, yeah, Joan may have a deciding factor,
1: mm, yeah. I don't know, I don't know how the rest of the shares shake out, like true junior, is Pete yeah Pete's a like junior as, partner as
0: much as yeah, yeah, you're right, so. all right, yeah, but totally the the politics here are gonna be crazy. Bert and Pete and Joan don't even know about it yet, and Frank's dying. I mean, Frank Stein well, Yeah when they find out what shit shape CGC is in And then they find out what shit shape uh, SCDP is also in They've just lost two massive contracts
1: Right How soon do you think you're yeah. going to find out that this bag is a piece of shit too I have a feeling as soon as they get a couple of Demo cars it's going to come right away
0: It might yeah So I don't I don't know There's going to be a lot of Really interesting stuff coming up I hope Hmm. Okay, that's it for the episode. Uh, do you want to handle the feedback this week?
1: I can. Let's do you handle want me some to pimping some, first. Some pro- yeah, here we go. Yeah. Uh, we are part of the Ball Moon Network. You can find all our content at baldmove.com, including full coverage. That's right, no side boob here. Full coverage of The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, and the latest seasons of Mad Men, Justified, Breaking Bad, and Downton Abbey, courtesy of our friends Tom and Kelly. Don't forget our newest non-TV podcast affiliates, The Personal Arrogance Crew out of Seattle. Uh, they discuss uh, basically bros, beers, and board games yeah, three week beers. in and week out. Uh, and also, uh, The Because Show, Three Girls Out of Los Angeles. They describe themselves as the epic thrill ride of a podcast. And I've got to agree, it seems like every other week we are on Ice, uh, uh, ICQ we're on the oh, Google geez. Chat. What
0: century is this? I know. <laughs> I know right? if the Mad Men podcast but come on.
1: <laughs> we're on we're on Google Chat with like Jesus Christ, did you hear what they said this week? Yeah. They're fucking daredevils, it's man. It's great. I love it. No, no, you it's it's highly entertaining and we're proud to have them on the network the Picasso show. Check them out. Uh if you'd like to help us out to grow, growing the cast, please we can use your reviews on iTunes. Uh people might go there and be like, "Yeah, they got a lot of reviews." But the thing about iTunes is they're all about what did you do for me this week? Yeah. We yeah, need man. recency. We need velocity on those reviews. Grimy so you, little iTunes. Or <laughs> grimy little iTunes pimps uh, <laughs> need more reviews to keep us current and help our audience grow. Uh, grow. So please, if you've got iTunes, uh, throw a couple stars our way. You can uh, also monetarily support us at Amazon. Uh, our Amazon affiliate link at Com, or click on the orange banner at the top of our site. Again, I've said it once, I've said it a million times. It doesn't cost you anything. You're buying shit on Amazon anyway, use our link. Gets us a couple pennies off of Jeff Bezos profit. Doesn't include it doesn't doesn't cost you any extra shipping or handling or anything like that. It just gives us love. How can you not want to do that? You have said that literally hundreds of times. Probably. No, let's definitely. Not, let's not dwell on that, Jim. Let's keep on pimping. <laughs> okay. And uh last but not least, tell a friend if you got a friend that's in the quality television. Or podcasting in general, please send them to baldmove.com. dot com We'll know what to do with them now, ready for feedback? I am ready. okay, let me switch to your feedback notes so I can read this totally unprepared I put totally, totally uncensored
0: to be a lot of cursing in this Thank episode.
1: God I don't have to worry about spoilers. <laughs> Melissa C says I know i'm too le- late let me start off We're at a rocky start. I know I'm two weeks late with this. But I thought for sure someone else would say this, but they didn't. So now I am at the end of to have and to hold. When Don goes to the set of Megan show, he has just witnessed Peggy cheating on him by directly competing against him and using his lines. No less already worked up about this. He goes to the set and watches his wife also cheat when he blows up at Megan. He's also blowing up at Peggy. I love your show. Also listen to the Game of Thrones cast uh have you listened to your competition oh man she's gonna yeah no dick sucking she's going off on the she's giving us the uh Megan the full Megan blow J is how you call it Uh, Yep. thank you for your kind words I appreciate that uh Joseph V says let it be known that I'm calling it now plus I'm vying for status a senior legal correspondent oh I was left out of the flood it was left out of the flood plot I'm struggling Jim It was left out of the Flood podcast that Maggie tells Megan that she has a tax thing during a discussion at the award ceremony. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's very quick, however. The wiener likes to do that. First, nobody ever just has a tax thing. (laughs) You have the IRS on your ass or you don't. Don't we know it, Jim? (laughs) This, This brings in the issue about Don. It's obvious Peggy has only one job at any given time, and she is just an employee, so she's getting a W-2. So her only thing is that she wasn't filing her taxes and is now being investigated for tax evasion. I'm currently in litigation on a case like this, and I've been in many federal criminal defense cases. Let me tell you that the federal government investigates everything and everyone associated with the case. Given that Don was Peggy's boss and ultimately responsible as a partner to pay her, the government has information on Don, including his social security numbers and other important info in order, uh, in order To list him as a witness for purposes of chain of custody of her paychecks. They will run him for any prior criminal history. Thus, the government will realize Don is not Don and he is still using Dick Whitman's social uh, security number or vice versa. Regardless, Don is going to see the government coming down and freak out like he did in season four. I've had many a client take an extended visit to Mexico when in similar (laughs) circumstances. And I say, Don is going to drop the Don Draper and assume another identity in a sunny place. The death of Don Draper will not be literal. He will merely lose the crisp white shirt and tie and start anew, i.e. jumping off point. This oh, also man. goes with the theme of things repeating via Wiener's Kid, Glenn, talking with Sally in season four about the Land Lakes butter image being an image within an image within an image, never ending repeating. Mm-hmm. On a humorous note, I'm 99% sure the house Betty and the kids live in is the same house set used for the first season of American Horror Story. Hmm. I hope you watched the show. I did not, Jim. No, I haven't yet. I think most unfortunate, I think the most unfortunately Bobby is going to have an accident and become a ghost tearing wallpaper off the walls for all eternity. <laughs> um, so this was a really cool idea. And what I like about it is it really ties in with the preseason art that we saw released of the two Don Drapers passing themselves in the street. Uh-huh. One coming, one going. And in the background, there was cops prominently kind of looking around as if maybe Don is trying to deduct the law. Uh Uh-huh. So, do you buy that this is a a theory? Or this is something that's got legs?
0: Yeah, I mean, what he makes a good point. What else could a tax thing be for Peggy? And why would
1: Peggy mention it?
0: Uh, Unless Abe is up to some serious shit, but (laughs) I doubt Uh, it. Oh, well, I
1: mean, I could believe that. But yeah, I mean... Oh, unless... Uh, is it possible that this is about her undeclared income from all the shit that Roger paid her under the table for? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, Harry's got some answering to do as well. Hell yeah, he does. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I, I, like I said, I like it. I like how it ties in with the two, uh, the two drapers. I like how it ties into the jumping off point. If he had to go to a foreign country to avoid the authorities. Um, Yeah. yeah, solid theory, man. I, I appreciate that. I thought that was sent in on Facebook. I was actually beating my brains out trying to find it. Oh. Thanks there, Joseph. Um, moving on to Rachel. Uh, she says, I thought going on, she's talking about last week and our criticism of the award ceremony for not just deciding to pack it in. Yep. She thought going on the rewards show made sense. I think that when bad things happen, like the September 11th attacks, et cetera, sometimes it makes sense to keep going. Not to deny that something happened, but that's a point of terrorism to promote fear. You could argue that assassinating Martin Luther King Jr. was arguably an act of terrorism. I also understood Dawn wanting to keep working. Maybe she's trying to be a superhero, but personally I understand wanting to continue to work when shitty stuff happens. Work can be distracting. Maybe that's just me. With that said, supporting your friends and family can also be important, so the line is difficult to determine.
0: That's a good point. Work work can be distracting in times of... uh... Crisis. I, I, sure. I just
1: feel like I draw the line at the award show. Cause that's not working. That is, <laughs> that's a, a gala event, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. the kind of things you cancel during times of the, like this. Yeah, Possibly. She continues in terms of Sally being the enforcer. I think there may be a boy girl dynamic going on. Parents, particularly in the sixties treated their children differently. I could definitely see Bobby being treated differently than his sister that she might resent that hint. She was tattling on his watching TV. Also as the oldest sister, it's not surprising that she had the place in the role of enforcer. Again, very common for family dynamics. Not speaking from experience here or anything, I just hope she sees the pattern and will figure it out as she gets older. Mm. Um Yeah, I actually surprised I didn't chime in on that because I was the oldest. Mm. And yeah, hell yeah, I was the enforcer. I'm the oldest too, but I didn't give a shit. <laughs> well <laughs> brother could do whatever he wants. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have hopes for Betty and the feminism. She is so self-focused. I don't see her awakening. Or no, she said I don't have hopes for Betty and feminism. Peggy and others might, but feminism wouldn't really benefit uh, Betty. Also, she doesn't have any real close female friends. I don't observe Betty liking or trusting women or wanting other women to get ahead. I'm not saying that there aren't times when I have some sympathy for her being a product of her time, but she never really stretched outside the box trying to leave her surroundings. She doesn't see the world as something she can make better. She sees the world as something holding her back, That the world owes her things. Yeah. Uh, She also says that her comments to Henry a few weeks back really soured her on Betty, although I understand she was just joking. I don't know. Which comments are those? The raping the 15-year-old comments. Oh, God, yeah. What the hell? What's a little teenage rape between marital (sighs) partners, you know? Yeah. Uh... Elise K says... Um, she has no expectations for us to read this on your podcast. Boom. Expectations shattered. (laughs) That's what we do here. Um, she says, as I watch older episodes of mad men, it's interesting to see themes and get callbacks. As I just finished this end of season two, I saw a couple episodes where greedy Harry crane complains (laughs) about how Kennedy's newscast be preempted, bewitched and Lucy and how it affects his pocketbook. I'll take it into shorts. He tells his colleagues right in the middle of the Cuban missile crisis. He's always been a selfish moron, a bit of a comic relief like the town idiot. So why would race rights be any different? He just sees that whatever affects business just affects him personally. No wonder they knew they could buy him off with a hefty check. He could never pull off being a partner. Oh, so yeah. maybe Harry's not a racist. He's just he's super centered on the bottom line. Yeah. All right.
0: Which also
1: plays into the fact that Pete might be a racist. Yeah, a yeah. A defensive racist. Although I will say that... If he didn't start off a racist, he, he ended up the the conversation sounding like it. Yeah. Who Harry? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. But then again, if you're arguing with Pete, you know it's hard. It's hard <laughs> not to look like a pig when you're rolling in the mud. You know. Yep. Yep. Uh, Nick A from Australia says, "Given all the talk about Dante's Inferno, I thought I would send my thoughts in on it. The ninth and most innermost circle of hell, which is reserved for treacheries, where Dante finds a devil who is waist deep in ice, preventing him from escaping." However, he's constantly trying to escape by constantly beating his wings, which cause an icy wind that keeps the ice frozen and further ensures his imprisonment. Ooh. Oh, that yeah. devil. So stupid. So dumb. I can't be the only one who sees a parallel to Don in a devil trapped in his own hell by his inability to stop doing what's causing him to remain trapped. You are not. Damn, that's good. That is strong.
0: Whew. Australia, bring in the thunder.
1: Yeah. Um, Joseph V strikes back just like the Emperor, just like star wars v uh-huh. <laughs> talk <laughs> that's about a, that's a reach yeah <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you uh talk about rash decisions i'm hopeful it'll work out good, but i won't make it won't make for much of a show. Don sleeps with good looking women, but typically they are disturbed in fascinating ways. Ted C is no different; he has talent, however, it seems his business was on the verge of collapse, given the fact that his partner said. It's going to have to be bought out, and Ted and the business couldn't cover it. How can two partners not cover one partner? Good question. It should be tight, but not impossible. It seems Ted pulled a draper and bit off too much to chew without any outs. Don just got himself into bed with another loser that looks good on the outside. Harsh, but fair. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not forget that Don and SCDP are back in the tobacco business. Let's see how Virginia Slims feels about CGC merging with the agency that wrote the letter. Damn! (laughs) Now, I forgot they have Virginia. Slim. I know. Our listeners are on fire tonight. Yeah, man. Facebooker said oh. the ad is for the Camaro. However, the Camaro is produced and it was in the market in 1967. We're probably thinking about the Chevy Vega, which is announced in 68 and produced, I think, in 69 or 70. You are correct, sir. It's funny that Vega was the motor trend car of the year and later was found to be more or less a piece of shit with performance issues, including its engine, reliability, and ultimately a rust bucket. Could this be the same for SCDPCGC? See, I think it should just intertwine the Scud letters. Scudpug? So what? Should be,
0: it should be SCCGDCP. Just, just interlace those
1: letters. I honestly, it just sounds like word salad. Yeah, it needs a new name. Uh, are you? Are they supposed to be the giant killers with so many internal problems that they implode and are just a memory? I reluctantly vote yes. Yeah, could well, be. We only got two. We only got uh, a season and a half left. If uh, the wiener's to be believed, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason from the Nattercast, if you'd like to check out their podcast, Google for the Nattercast, because, once again, I forget the link. Uh, N-A-T-T-E-R-C-A-S-T. They got a rollicking face group group, uh, book. They're starting a little empire... Do they have 2,000 likes? We'll have to roll up on them with baseball, baseball bats <laughs> here in a bit, Jim. I don't know. Probably. Uh, but until then, we'll read your emails and <laughs> free advertising. <laughs> the theme of the ev- uh, episode, immediate release, refers not only to press release, but to the characters releasing each other and themselves from relationships and situations they cannot endure. Hey now! Don burns a relationship with Jaguar because he's offended that Herb wants to run his ad copy by some punk kid. In an earlier episode, Don says that we shouldn't keep saying yes because we didn't say no at the start. Joan throws that we back in his face, pointing out how we had no problem indulging her when we met Joan. Now that we are Don, we have suddenly discovered the word no? I gotta say, the word we has ceased to have any meaning for me <laughs> at this point. Especially with the way you're saying it. I know, right? <laughs> Ah, huh. Doctor Rosen burns his relationship with the hospital for not being allowed to perform the first heart transplant. Marie tells Roger to forget her name when he calls back to Don. Pete accidentally burns the relationship with his father in law and it seems intentionally with his wife, even as she is warming up to reconciliation. And of course, ultimately Don does find the I and We when he bromances Ted into drunk merging their firms. Don is sick of playing small, so he decides on his own to offer a merger. Ted should be wary of going into business with a guy who makes that kind of commitment without consulting his partners, just as any woman should be wary of starting a relationship with a married man. I can't help but think that this is more grass is greener thinking from Don. He pursues extramarital affairs, not just for the sex, but because he wants women he can't truly have. Once he lands them, as with Betty and now Megan, they became boring to him. Is Ted just a new girl in Taunton's life? He is an ugly, ugly woman.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe... Maybe that turtleneck is covering up a lack of an Adam's apple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to see Ted stomping around in high heels now.
0: Oh, in a house coat. <laughs>
1: uh, moo <moo-moo>. moo. <laughs> Don tells Peggy to write a press release for the kind of company she's liked to work for. As with an affair, Don is spinning another yarn, a fantasy about the kind of relationship they'd like to have. Reality be goddamned. And like Pe- Don, Peggy dreams of a romantic life with someone who isn't a poor handyman. Doesn't bond with low life's living her stairwell. Doesn't shrug off noisy neighbors. In short, who doesn't have all the domestic failings of a real person. I wonder how long the relationship with Ted will last before Don's eye begins, begins to wander. I wonder if Peggy will pursue her relationship with Teddy only to find out that he's a poor handyman too. Mmm. She needs to find someone that can swing that hammer. Jeez. Paul A. says, Little is known of the mysterious and enigmatic Bob Benson, but I've got a theory. All right. You've heard of Operation Honeypot. Bob Benson is part of Operation Coffee Pot. I like it already. The secret FBI investigation into Don (laughs) Draper's past. Evidence, point one. All he seems interested in is information. What's going on? May sound like a normal greeting, but it's actually an attempt to extract information about Draper. When his tactic fails, he offers coffee. A clear effort to (laughs) warm himself up to the subjects he's spying on. Point two, the glee he displayed when attempting to discover the true nature of Project K nearly gave him away as his colleagues. This is a man who's quite accustomed to naming secret projects. Thank you very much. Point three, um, there's more evidence, but I can't reveal it right now.
0: I'll reveal some more evidence. All right. I've got another piece. When At the very beginning of this episode, when... uh, No, 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 no. It's when Burt Cooper comes in to tell Pete that they're selling for $11 a share... Bob Benson is right there at the door, and he says, see you later, boss. And Pete, he just happens to be there when the announcement is made. And Pete, like, tells him to go get toilet paper and and glasses and ice and stuff. And Joan. Hmm. Right? He just happens to be outside the door, happens to say hi right after that announcement.
1: Whatever, man. And I then remember, he gets included. I remember your Dead, brew, dead Man's Brew Theory. It's <laughs> All coming back. Uh, at MTW6 in NJ, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause that, that, made that made that handle good. better. Uh, uh did yeah. Teddy Chaga, just name, just run game on Don Draper. Uh Oh, Jim, you got an ally. Yeah. Yes. I believe he did. Teddy and his turtleneck played Don like a fiddle at that hotel bar in Detroit. Unbeknownst to Don, that was a premeditated beatdown that said Teddy Chow's, Chow's ass. With the news that one of Teddy's partners at CG- CGC has cancer and needs to be bought out for big money, is a perfect time for Teddy to go for a merge. And he masterfully let Don think it was his idea. Don's drinking his old-fashioned, grinning, and feeling self-satisfied by coming up with the idea of we and how they'll let Chevy think it was their idea for the merger. All the while, is really Teddy just pulling one over yeah. on him. Uh, totally wow. agree. I didn't know he had it in him. Like he said, I hate when people call me nice. Yeah. Landing landing Chevy, though, could, of course, still be beneficial to Don and the rest of the CDC, SCD, oh, God, SCDP. (laughs) But Teddy is showing that he is a force to be reckoned with, and I expect this with his foot now in the door over there. He's going to shake things up and make further power moves. I can just see Bob Benson, double fisting coffee, (laughs) entering Teddy's (laughs) office and the two of them plotting to run Donna peed out. Oh God, can you imagine? Bob Benson's gonna have to get a drink carrier. Two coffees. <laughs> He's ain't gonna, yeah, ain't Double distant do drink carriers exactly. and get twelve coffees. Exactly. <laughs> They're all for me, but you can have one. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin A said, I've heard recently some speculation that things on Mad Men have been hinting toward a possible shooting. For instance, Don handling handing Doc Rosen the ammo earlier on in the season. I felt it was a little out of bounds for a show that attempts to stay as realistic as possible. I immediately discredited the idea to its major shark jumping potential. However, we have progressively seen Rosen's character begin losing everything. This past episode, we saw Rosen wasn't doing so hot, so he just lost his job. On this, on top of the financial issues him and Sylvia are already dealing with that could very easily cause a decent man like him to snap and attempt to kill Don upon discovering the affair between him and Sylvia. While this could potentially create an incredible episode where he shows up at Don's office and all of our characters are in danger of death or serious injury, a shooting spree at a high-profile office in Manhattan would have been a national news event, so it would be a lot harder to pull off due to Mad Men's authenticity when it comes to history. Ah, true that. Another possibility is him showing up at Don's apartment and Don and Megan getting caught in a crossfire or him killing Sylvia out of spite. Ah... I would not discount someone being shot, but a shooting spree in Don's apartment is a little bit out of the question.
0: Someone is going to be shot. Bobby Kennedy.
1: Oh, true. That could just be foreshadowing that. Yeah. All the shootings of, you know, Martin Luther King and all that.
0: Someone was shot. Yeah. Martin yeah. Luther King. But could I mean, there are that, plenty of shootings in a season.
1: It could be that simple. Could which be. Which maybe means that Pete's gun is just also this foreshadowing of this summer of madness. I don't know. I think you're reading too far into Pete's gun. I'm gonna say it. It's a literal Chekhov's gun, man.
0: But it hasn't gone off in seasons.
1: No, it hasn't. But we also saw it, and then a season later, we saw it get moved to the new offices. (laughs) Why else would they show that? Just a callback. I don't know. All right. Fuck you, Dead Uh, Man's Brew. Lewis says, "When Rogers not obsessional, he's magical." and methodical, and of course a fountain of hilarious one-liners. The LSD experience of a season past and the death of his mother seemed to have freed his mind from a more obsessional uh, personal nature with relationships. He's not tied down to wives young or old this season. A couple seasons ago when SCDP lost Lucky Strike, was Roger at his worst. Disappearing, lying, brooding, avoidant. And now he's a fountain of can-do spirit tinged with his unique form of sarcasm. Roger's Intra-psychic character has been ignored because of the whole Don, Betty, Megan nonsense. He should be a bigger character in the series, as last season's, or last Sunday's episode shows full well. Yeah. No, I I dug it. That's cool. I'd love to see more Roger. Uh We could definitely use more Roger. Oh,
0: we've already seen a lot of Roger. Oh, by the There's way. There's not much more left to see of Roger.
1: <laughs> so, by the way, they prominently displayed. this His is His ass. Der- Mm, yes in episodes past <laughs> okay. They probably displayed him unloading his uh, Little carry on bag which is full yeah. Of Sterling's gold mm-hmm. Did you know that there's a real book you can order Called Sterling's gold which is a basically A collection of his one liners on Mad Men I had no idea Ten bucks if you really want Sterling's gold and also did you notice right. He was sh- uh, Shining his own shoes with Giorgio's box Oh what Is that what he was doing there Yeah. Okay alright so it's like, I, I kind of feel like this, The Lewis's uh, email here reminded me of this. But yeah. it's like, all this death, I, I did, it had the transformative power that the therapy and the LSD did not. Yeah. Interesting. He's getting real. He's like, you know, I mean, I can relate. I'm a procrastinator myself, and I sometimes don't feel like I fully come alive until I'm scared to death that I can't do something
0: <laughs> um, yeah. that
1: I've waited too fucking long. Yep. Uh, Rod, Maybe Roger's like that. He feels he's on death's door and he's scared that he's waited too long to really distinguish himself. Hmm. And now kaboom.
0: All right. Well, I hope we keep seeing that Roger.
1: Oh, okay. uh, that's all I got. If you want to send us more of this quality feedback and boy, we set a high bar for you this week. Do so at madmen at dot You can also follow us on uh, Facebook.com slash bald move where I hope to get back to my live episode watching this week. If uh, Cincy Bell can get their heads out their asses, Uh, by the way, Cincinnati Bell, contact me for sponsorship opportunities. (laughs) Uh, You can follow Jim on Twitter.com at bald move. Uh, I believe that's it. That's it. All right. Next week's episode, man of the plan. Yeah. Who is the leader? Is that Don? Or is it Teddy? Oh, it could be Teddy. It could be Roger. It could be Joan. Bert. It it can't be Teddy.
0: We don't think he's a man at this point, right?
1: Well, neither is Joan, but, you know, maybe Joan will be a man.
0: She'll turn into a man and have a plan. All
1: right, that's it. This show's over. She'll run off a sal. All
0: right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hopefully my voice will be better next week and uh, I can actually
1: contribute a little bit to this podcast. But until then. Can I read the emails from here on out? That was fun. Fuck. Yeah, you can. I love that. Like, because I don't, you know, when you compile them, I don't, I don't, I only read a few. Like, you don't, if I were... you don't ever. So when I compile them,
0: you don't ever see them. Yeah. You
1: don't ever hear them because you don't pay attention when I read them on the air. (laughs)
0: This is the perfect solution.
1: (laughs) This works. I think we've discovered it. All right, so I'll compile you read. We're the men with the plan. There we go. There you go. (laughs) Okay. Until next week. Until next time, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you then.